Welcome to the process of things. Does stuff work? And we're here in the process of things. Does stuff work? We are still in my house. We are still snuggling with Barkley. And my fat feet are still <laughs> up in the air. Yeah, they are kind of big. <laughs> Normally I wouldn't tolerate that kind of discussion, but there's no denying it. <laughs> They're just They're large. Just big. They're just large <laughs> all around. Tom said they kind of, was it you that said they looked like a hot dog? No. I think it was Tom said it like it looked like a hot dog in a bun. Like it. I think your shoes look like what little gnomes wear. Yeah. yeah, I'm wearing Birkenstock clogs. Like, find me some granola yeah. and some patchouli, patchouli, and I'm ready to go live on a commune somewhere. <laughs> Listen, Birkenstocks are perfectly good shoes. They're very good for arch support. <laughs> um, um, I'm Nicole North. And I am Ruth Henderson. And we're your hosts today at The Process of Things. We are in season 3B, um, which is all for the manager, Help I Need Help. Um, and we are in episode four, three, three, three. we're in episode three, listening for the story, listening for the story. So now we're in an interview mm-hmm. last week. We talked about, um, how to get your job out there and make it marketable and mm-hmm. get, make sure that you get the right people. And now hopefully you've gotten those resumes, done your thing, selected some people <laughs> and, uh, have we're them conduct an interview. You're going to conduct an interview. Yeah. What do you need to listen so I for? So I want to interview you. Ruth, I'm Ruth pointing is with my foot. pointing her beautiful, non-swollen foot at yes. me. <laughs> and I want to interview you because, again, this is your forte. Okay. And when we were in episode uh, with season 3A, we had one on telling your story. Yeah. So if you'll recall, we focused on helping people tell their stories that would um, give the listener the information that they need to know to to let them know that they are competent at specific things in the job description, that they have the experience necessary, and that they would be the right person for the job. So it was all about telling your story, and the tool that you taught us was the PAR tool. Problem, action, and result. Which is stating your story in that way so that it's succinct, it's clear, and very it shows in, in very good detail what you actually did, how you did it, and what the result was. So... Here we are in not telling the story, but listening for the story. And we want to talk about how a manager can hold or conduct an excellent interview. So put your interview skills hat on. Hat is on. All right. And then I want to ask you, what kind of preparation is required for a manager before the interview? So... Our last episode was about finding the talent. Let's say we found the talent that we want to interview and there's five people that we've invited in to interview and they, they've all agreed. What kind of preparation work is required before the interview? Well, first off, I would want to figure out what information I have resumes. So mm-hmm. it tells me the, the basic things. What are the types of questions that I want to find out from yeah. this interview. What is all you have going in is the resume in its ugly digital form and your job description or your job posting. Yeah. That's and all resumes you've got. could be a big fat lie. Big fat lie. Right? They, people yeah. could be lying, exaggerating. So how do you know what kinds of questions, how many questions? Well, I think it's going to be up to your preference. How mm-hmm. I mean, I think an hour long interview is pretty standard. Yep. It's um, exhausting. 
it's, it's going to be exhausting for everyone, for, for everyone involved. Yeah. Um, it's also going to depend on, do you have a panel? Are you doing this by yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, building in some, some time for that. Um, so I would really want to think of what are the things that I need people to demonstrate? I've got their resume, presumably like I can make some assumptions that it's right. So one of the first things I would want to do in an interview would be to validate the information or um, cross-check the information, ask some um, investigative questions Mm -hmm. to make sure that that person's resume is accurate and that they've depicted themselves accurately. Mm -hmm. The second thing that I would want to do is be able to assess some of those behavioral qualities um, so the things that aren't on a ref- on a resume. So, how do you behave? How do you react in these types of ser- situations? How self aware are you? What kind of emotional intelligence do Your you have? Your comportment. What? I know. I really enjoyed that word. I had it, heard it on CNN the other day. Your comportment. Your how comport- you carry yourself. Oh my goodness! I love that mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. That's the word of today's episode. Yes. You can drink to it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It's true, though. You are looking. Um, throughout the whole interview, not just one specific question, you're looking at how they hold themselves, how understanding that people are nervous and making allowances for, you know, fumbles and word slips and all that sort of thing. But how do they conduct? Are they slouching in their chair and just going, you know, whatever, one arm sloped yeah. across the how back? How prepared are they? All of those things. All the yeah. things that you need to see with your eyes and hear with your ears. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing Uh, you might be looking for is some kind of demonstration of their skills. So do you need them to do a presentation? You know, if their job is a sales representative, do you want to see a quick five-minute sales pitch so you know what that looks like? Um, Are they going to be writing briefing notes? Do you want a quick, how quickly can you put together a document under pressure Um, without having all the information, right? So you might have some actual um, tactical, I don't know what the right word is for that, but some actual like tactical evidence of their skills. So sometimes interviews have a pre uh, thing where you have to do an assignment and bring it with you. You might have to bring with you a briefing note or something that you've written. You might have to prepare a five minute presentation. Yeah. And to me, I'm, I'm less jazzed about those because I feel like you theoretically, I mean, while they usually have some time limits, like you have one week to do this before the presentation, it's so unrealistic. Like, really? You have to put together a five-slide presentation and you have five days to do it? Well, gosh, that is going to be, if you really, really want this job, you could have so many people look at it and so many people do it. I'm much more of a fan of the, uh, after the interview, you've got 30 minutes do something on the fly. Cause yeah. to me that would really demonstrate someone's agility and flexibility and which is great if that's what you needed. If yes. you were hiring someone who needed to be really great at analysis, Fair. you might not need that. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's often needed in technical uh, interviews when there's a specific skill. When we hired people into process improvement, we used to create assignments because we needed to know whether they had any background or what I was looking for, aptitude and process improvement. So we would have them process map anything, like process map going to buy groceries. And we could see, even though they they might not have the skills, the technical skills of actually process mapping, 
they would use words they didn't realize they were using that are absolutely related. So they, we knew that we'd be able to train them. So the assignments often are required when there's a technical piece, but the rest of the time is really developing the questions. And I, I believe in that we talk a lot about the public sector. They need to 100% be related to the job posting so that the person who's preparing for the interview can use the job posting and the job description to prepare their stories. There's a lot more leeway in the private sector to branch off and ask secondary questions. Whereas when, especially when it's a union position in the private sector, you are restricted to specific questions. In the private sector, you can almost say, I'm going to have a conversation versus an interview. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. So I really, the, the big thing, my big point is do an assessment of what it is you want to find out beyond this person's resume. Fact checking their resume and making sure that they've accurately depicted their experience. So I'd want to be looking for um, the ability for the individual to tell me about a time that they did this and use those, I drafted a project plan, I created this, I developed training materials, I delivered training materials, I want to see that they actually did that and are, or were they just like on a team that did mm-hmm. that, but they were just the paperclip person? Do you do any kind of a, a template for yourself for during the interview to be able to say, you know, I asked this question and I was listening for these words, these answers, these whatever? Yeah, absolutely. So once I determined what three, th- you know, what of those three things I wanted to do, I would then create the questions and I would, you know, basically create what would be my ideal mm-hmm. candidate's answers? What would that include? Yeah. So listening for those character pieces that we talked yeah. about last week. You know, active listening is really hard in an interview. Um, and I find people who haven't properly been trained or rehearsed or know how to deliver a concise and clear interview, oh my gosh, the tangents. Yeah. The tangents and the storytelling and the stuff I don't care about <laughs> That's you know what I don't even know if we talked about this in our season three A when we were talking about conducting an interview or being interviewed, is to watch for body language and cues. So when <laughs> your interviewer is bored and they put down their pen and they stop listening to you, they stop nodding, they lean back in their chair, whatever those things are, move on. <laughs> stop <laughs> talking. Hard. So that's one of the things I also wanted to ask you about. Um, what advice would you give to a manager with respect to their etiquette in an interview? Um, we've talked about the employees and what they should do. Watch for cues, yeah. be on time, look like you made an effort when you're for getting sure. dressed. Uh, there are things, there are experiences I've had with ma- interview people who are extremely rude. And how would you category etiquette for a manager? Oh, um, so I think there's this, and it depends on whether you're doing it yourself or you have a panel. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was a panel, again, I would do a little bit of a self-assessment. I'm usually good cop. So I'm one of those people that for the most part, if I'm hearing what I want to hear, I'm going to be smiling, I'm going to be nodding, I'm going to be encouraging that person and making them feel good. That's just me. Mm -hmm. Um, And truth be told, when they do get off topic, I'm going to lose interest real quick and you're going to be able to see it on my face. Mm -hmm. I do also think there's a lot of value to having the bad cop. That's me. Yeah. You always put me on your your mock interview panels because of my... Scary face. Your director face. My director face. Yeah, so I also like to have someone that's a bit more stern and doesn't give away all that body language Mm -hmm. um, because I want to see how people respond to that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's great when someone is smiling and nodding, um, 
But that also doesn't happen in real life. Sometimes you have people who are really stern Mm -hmm. and you either need to turn them into someone who's smiling and nodding because they are truthfully so interested um, or you're going to have to be able to deal with it. So what advice would you give to a manager though with that respect? Do you suggest that they just be themselves but be aware of it or should they be smiling and nodding? Should they be stern? Is there... Mm. I think there's just a nice delicate balance, Mm. right? I would say self-assess yourself. What is your expression like normally in an interview? Mm -hmm. Do you like to play that bad cop and do you like making people sit on the edge of their seat and be super nervous? Cool. That's great. I I would suggest then either you also do a bit of smiling and nodding. I mean, you you do want to be genuine and kind. You don't want to intimidate someone who might have been an excellent candidate. And who says forget it. And who literally is like, that is not the kind of culture I want to be in where my manager is so stern. Yeah. So I really do believe it, it, you know, the manager is responsible for demonstrating the type of manager they're going to be Mm -hmm. when this person comes and works for them. So, you know, modeling what they're looking for. It's a little bit, you know, I think now there's, there's a bit of a harder time for people to find really great talent. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's not a job market in which um, there's just so so much out there that, you know, people can be that selective. And I think managers now are, are, are less weeding people out and more trying to attract people in, doing a bit of a sales job. Oh, yeah. So, you know, y- you know, you might not be the smile and nod kind of person, but... You know, you might have a perfect candidate who needs smiling and nodding and therefore... Be self-aware. Be self-aware. It comes self-aware. back to what are you looking for and what are you trying to attract? Yeah. So that I think, etiquette, I think it's the, exactly the same as what we would have said for an individual who's going to be interviewed, you know, yeah. with the exception of you don't have to worry about your clothing choices as much. You still should... Or do you? Well, it was look like you made an effort. Yeah. Might not be as big of a thing. But arriving on time, right? I mean, yeah. people, because I'm the one interviewing you, I can roll in 15 minutes late? No. No, people and are so nervous and so Looking interested, having water for people, yeah. you know, letting... Setting expectations, you know, this is how long the interview is. Yeah. This is what I expect of you. I really loved um, people in an interview when they, you know, if you did have to do a presentation or something like that would say... We expect you to manage your own time. You have 10 minutes to do this. At exactly 10 minutes, we will cut you off. Yeah. So please manage your time effectively. I always found that that really clear direction. Well, it's part of be, a test. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was really great information yeah. as a, um, a participant in an interview. So yeah, be polite, be kind, mind your facial expressions. Yeah. You know, uh, and you can you know even those setting expectations at the start of the thing about how much time there is, all that you can also set um, expectations that they should feel free to pause, take a moment before answering yeah. a question, take the time that you need. Do you need me to repeat the question? You know, it's yeah. kindness for that person who's either super nervous or super cocky, yeah. who's going to become nervous very quickly. You want to give them that minute to just breathe and recover themselves and, I mean, and be who they are. for a number of reasons. Yeah. A, it's going to make your participant feel better. Yeah. B, you're going to have a much better and a more enjoyable experience if you yeah. aren't listening to 
people deliver an interview under extreme stress Honestly, and duress. you want it to be more like a conversation so you can get a sense, an essence, who they are. Will they fit? Do they have those leadership is, characters you're looking for? What is their comportment? <laughs> Drink. I, and you want to be able to see if they have those characteristics, the soft skills that you're looking for. And that you can do that a little bit through your questions and the ones you design, but even more through conversation when people relax a little and they start yeah. to be themselves. Yeah. So it's that idea of um, looking at people, taking notes if you need to or if you have to, but not forgetting to look at people, yeah. to smile and nod. You know, be stern <coughs> if you need to and if you want to get people back on track, but be kind. Help them feel comfortable. And I think that's a key responsibility. Um, the last thing that we wanted to talk about from the manager's perspective in an interview is a debrief. Oh my so, gosh. Managers hate giving <laughs> debriefs. Most people are either unaware or afraid uh, of having a debrief and that if they are not successful in getting an interview, that they can and should ask for a debrief. May I have five minutes of your time to find out what I could do better the next time? You know what, managers? <laughs> you what? owe this to people. Yes, you do. This is your job. I don't care how uncomfortable you are. It is so important that you do this for people. Mm -hmm. um, I think it also helps you practice giving feedback, especially to people you don't know. It's a little bit easier sometimes than giving feedback to people you know really well. Yes. Alternatively, if you're even struggling with giving feedback you know to people really well, here's a great opportunity to give feedback to people on your own team that weren't successful. Why is it so hard to do an interview debrief? Why do people it, It's struggle? really hard to go tell someone that they weren't good enough. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I know the answer to this. <laughs> what is the best way for me to give you an interview debrief? How can I do it? Well, first of all, um, if I Kick with the kiss, right? So I first tell you what you did great. You were really awesome. You were really terrible, but you were really, really great. Yeah. Oh, so confusing. No. Uh, so first of all, I would suggest, I would always recommend taking notes during an interview um, instead of just sitting back in your chair. You do want to be able to c compare people, whether you're held to like in the public sector, you're held to those notes and that evaluation. You might not be so in the private sector, but... Again, it behooves you to take notes so that you can give an accurate debrief. Right. So take a couple of notes, jot a couple of things down that you liked or things that um, you thought this person could improve on or skills that you felt they didn't articulate well mm -hmm. so that you have something to say in the debrief because you should be giving the debrief. <laughs> She's very fierce. I'm very fierce right now in, in making that happen. Yes. <clears throat> so I think if you've taken those notes, um, you know, when you're preparing, I think this only needs to be done by, doesn't need to be done in person, could easily no. be done by telephone yeah. call, um, which I think should help most people with I, that. I think people are, <coughs> also think they don't have to. I don't know this person. Why should I bother? Well, fact because is. it's nice. Yeah, be nice. Fact is, it's nice. Um, you may meet them again. You never know. You should not burn bridges. They and may be an excellent can candidate for, for something else. Job. Yep. And you really would want them to get that job. And if they can't yep. fix what they did wrong in the interview. Yeah. So I would go through my notes and jot down, um, you know, a top three things that I think that they could improve on. Mm -hmm. Um. And you don't need to say you weren't good enough, you know. 
And you don't need to say all these lines like, the competition was really blah, blah, blah. Uh, You know, get to the point. Hey, thank you so much for coming to the interview. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your items with us. I'd be happy to share a few points that I think would help improve a subsequent interview. Number one, um, in the project management section, I, you know, I really got the sense that you were on a number of project management teams. What I was really looking for was um, discrete examples of project plans that you developed yourself, right? Yourself. That's um, that classic. Being able you're to not able to say this. specifically what you did. Yeah. So yep. you know this, and this is a great piece of feedback because I find people don't. You also want to kind of give feedback that people aren't going to negate or write off yeah. right away. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's bull. Yeah, I think, you you know, which the the bull response is, you know, the competition was really stiff. You did really great, but, you know, you just just didn't, you just missed it by a few marks. Yeah, you were really great. It was close call. It's totally useless, right? What what differentiated them from the top candidate? And what I really like that you said was using the words, what I was really looking for was dot, 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 because it doesn't mean you're a piece of crap. What it means is, I was really looking for a project manager who had the experience to do these things on their own. And as of now, it didn't sound like you had that. Yeah. And and, and there's, you know, the, the crux of it. I didn't hear you say that yeah. in the interview. Yeah. Right? Not even saying, I don't think you have yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think, I didn't get the impression that you have it. You did not say the mm-hmm. things that I was looking for. So mm-hmm. from that perspective, that's mm-hmm. where you might be able to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's soft skill pieces as well that yeah. people talk about. Um, you um, in the we are looking for someone who has the confidence to take on some difficult situations. Um, you were a little nervous, which is fine because people are nervous in an interview. We didn't hear you use words that showed that you had demonstrated confidence, and you didn't seem to be able to get up out of that nervous state that we really needed to. And that's to really sounds like some experience. It just sounds to us like you just need a little more experience in this area. Yeah. I mean, that also could say, you know, you seemed really nervous in the interview, which is normal. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have benefited from some additional rehearsal or practice. Yeah. Right. Which is people again, a great help. thing. It's not saying you're not allowed to be nervous. Yeah. You are. And here's how I think you could do better in a next interview. Yeah. Practice more beforehand so that you come out yeah. more confident. Be able to demonstrate that you have done these project management things on your own or that you have um, not just been part of a team, but you have led a team or whatever those things are that we're missing. And to be able to give the um, the feedback in such a way that it's not you're, you failed. It's here's what I was listening for that I didn't hear. And here might be a way to get that thing. Here are some tips. You might want to talk to your manager about whether you could take on a committee on yourself, or you might want to talk in your current job yeah. and job strat of somebody, or you that might want to so rehearse, nice rehearse with de- somebody. That would be so nice in a debrief yeah. to have a manager say, here are some things I think you could do to get the experience or mm-hmm. get you know something so that you could improve on a next interview. It That's is wonderful. critical to find that. So let's say you have someone who quite frankly had a lot of good skills, but they were Boring. They were boring and you wanted to go to sleep while they talked and you thought they will not fit on this team. They rambled and they were boring, quite frankly. You still need to turn that into positive, helpful feedback. 
Yeah, it doesn't have to be hot, positive, just constructive Constructive. Feedback. You can't come out and tell somebody they're boring, right? Mm-hmm. You can't. You have to be able to turn that around and make it constructive. Um, I heard this and this and this in your interview, um, and I was looking for this and this. You need to find something that doesn't say, and you're boring. Yeah, I was looking for someone who could really, using their voice, describe their passion for the environment. Yeah. Uh, To me, that's really important. To sell that message. Somebody who has more of a a vocal way of... Yeah. And then it's like, you've got all the skills. What I would suggest you work on is your ability to articulate in a compelling way um, your passion for this work because it didn't come through for me. Yeah. Uh, and it's tough. And you might get someone who sits there and argues with you. Oh, and well. you're going to want to have a little mantra statement. Um, you know, I always say mantra statement is like a, you know, think so much. I, I don't think this is the place to be debating the merit of your interview. I'm just trying to help to you. Let you yep. to let you know what was missing for me. Yes. And I think that's the nicest way to put it. Not what you're missing. Yeah. What was missing what for I me didn't in the hear. what I didn't hear, what I, what I didn't feel, for. what yes. I didn't, um, you know, what mm-hmm. I didn't get from the interview, and that's the best way to put it because that you can't argue with that. I I can say, well, you didn't get it, but I said it. Well, I didn't get it, and your job as an interviewee yeah. is to say it so that I get it. Yeah, and I mean, if you get into a full-on fight with someone during your debrief, it's a pretty good sign that they were not the right right decision. (laughs) It was not the right candidate. (laughs) Um, And, you know, keep it brief. I don't think you need to go through every single question. Pick your top three or top, you know, top three uh, items that you'd like Mm -hmm. to discuss, you know, your passion, your vocal tone, Mm -hmm. your skill set in the following areas, and, you know, your ability to answer questions directly and stay on track. It needs to be helpful and short. I remember a debrief that we had with an area that went through our proposal bit by bit and was actually doing some editing of the proposal. We hadn't even had an interview. It was a debrief on our proposal, and it was really awful because there was not one constructive bit. It was, um, there was like one area that didn't mention, I don't know, something and it was in a different area, but it should have been in this other area and it was just not helpful. So I, I felt like they were making things up because they didn't know what to say. Yeah. Definitely don't sound like you're making it up. Yeah. I would really try and have and which is why I say take notes mm-hmm. so that you actually have some tangible things. When you talked about your experience on the project team at Ford, what I was looking for was this. What I heard was this. Mm-hmm. Here's how you could improve, right? Yeah. If you can make a little format for yourself, yeah, that would, wow, that might be a neat little project for us, Ruthie. Mm-hmm. Is to create a I have it written down. Debrief. An actual template. Template. Yeah. To help managers yeah. give debriefs better. Mm-hmm. So there's, for our managers then, overall, what we've been talking about is a before, during, and after the interview. Before the interview, prepare your questions. Do you need an assignment? How can you ask your questions in a way that will get the answers that you need? Can you make sure that they're open-ended, they're not yes-no questions? They say things like, tell me about a time, or what would you consider is, those sorts of things. Prepare those questions during the interview, be attentive, engage active people. Active listening. Active listening, repeat back and summarize what they said to take make notes. sure. Take notes. 
Um, and then after the interview, conduct a debrief if you're asked for it and take some time to make it relevant and helpful. Not because it's going to get you anything. You're not going to get anything out of that debrief unless that person ends up being a great candidate in the future. You're going to learn excellent delivery of yeah. feedback skills well, and learn to get over your fears. You're going to get practice at that and it's the right thing to do. Be a good person. Be a good person. Don't be an ass. So that's what we talk about in terms of the manager conducting a great interview. We've all been in interviews that were done really poorly and we either leave very upset with ourselves because we just couldn't get a grip of it or being really glad we're not going to be part of that team because that interview was terrible. And they all sat there like robots. It made me think of someone that told us about an interview experience not too long ago. And when the panel was asking them questions, the questions all came from a very negative place. (gasps) And so the interviewee, right from the get-go, had basically decided, I don't want to work here because I'm being attacked on these questions right from the get-go. Uh, And that was really, really interesting. And basically, the interviewee was asked by the interviewer to go in and give feedback on the interview process. Uh, And that was that was the feedback that was given that the um, the intent from the delivery of the questions seemed to come from a very negative place mm-hmm. um, rather than saying, tell me about the experience that you have that you think would make you a great fit was tell me why you think you can do this without a master's degree. Yeah. Well, and that all came from a conversation when we were um, trying to help some people figure out if they wanted to be managers or not. And they were saying, well, when I'm a manager, I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. And my manager is always late. I'm never going to be late when I'm a manager. And so that's what I want to be when I'm a manager. And we said to them, those are negative things. How, how can you state it positively? So instead of saying as a manager, I'm never going to be late. Can you say as a manager, I'm always going to be on time as a manager. I'm never going to shut the door on conversation to my staff. Can you say, as a manager, I'm going to do my best to be open at all times to my staff. So, and then it came from there, from somebody actually experiencing an interview that was extremely negative and making the person prove a negative or disprove a negative rather than explain a positive. So as a manager, that's very important that your questions come from a positive perspective. And I mean, to be fair, when I was listening to that story, I also thought, you know what? I think they were trying to get you to, um, and maybe it, it sounded negative, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe it was a way of saying like, sell me. Yeah. Yeah. Sell me on what you got and, and why I should consider you. So, which is also a great way to put it instead of the way it was put it was put. If they said, yeah. how do you think you can do this without a master's degree versus so sell me, tell me why you. Yeah, I get it. I I just think, I think it's possible that that was also a strategic decision Mm -hmm. on the point of the interview panel um, to see how people dealt with um, negativity or dealt with that. Could that person actually turn it around and uh, sell themselves in a positive way rather than um, getting caught up in the negative way. But I can see that, but they could end up shooting themselves in the foot, right? Oh, yeah. If it's so negative that they lose a great yeah. person. So again, 
before prepare think about your opening question how do you set people at ease um during be polite pay attention take notes and show the culture show the cult demonstrate the culture and afterwards give a great debrief when you're asked to because it's nice just do it just do it yeah Next time, we're going to wrap it up with the interview, uh, post-interview manager's job. Now what? You're going to hire someone and bring them on board. Whoa. Whoa. How to set that off properly. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.